Welcome to the Mando Fan Show, everybody. This is our season finale because the Mandalorian is over. Season one is finished. Uh, but we wanted to do one more episode where we recap the entire season now that we've seen everything and can look back on all of it from a uh, complete lens, so to speak. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, first, I want to thank everyone who has tuned in to the Mando Fan Show over these eight or nine episodes, uh, nine episodes, uh, and, and, uh, taking the show in. And if you found us through the Mando fan show, even cooler, cause now you can join us on the resistance broadcast every Monday and Thursday. So we appreciate that. Uh, we got a fun one here. We're going back to, uh, the roots of episode one of the Mando fan show with James <laughs> and Lacey, just the three of us, how we started this thing. You know, I love bookends. Um, so guys, uh, this is it. This is the last Mando fan show. Um, but not the last one of this year because we're going to be picking up season two this fall. But for now, that's it for us for season one. But how are you guys doing? James? Oh, um, yeah, doing good. <laughs> so it's done, man. It's done. Like, think about if somebody hasn't watched The Mandalorian, they could be like, oh, cool. Now that it's done, I'm going to buy uh, a subscription to Disney Plus, and I'm going to binge, like, the whole thing straight through, like, four hours or whatever it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be eight that's hours. Nice. Yeah. But- Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lacey, what's I wonder going what on? the total runtime is, like of footage, not counting credits, because that would be easy to figure out, including credits. And, and some nerd out there has figured it out by now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm sad it's over. I was one of those people that was like, I wanted it to be all at once because I binge everything. I've actually enjoyed it being weekly. It turns into an event. It was really fun every week, even though. I was not happy with the release time, though. <laughs> I wish they made the release yeah. time like later, but at the same time, we wouldn't be able to do this show if they did do it later. Mm-hmm. So it's like pros and cons of everything. How, but overall, I loved it. How did you guys? Did you guys watch it like when you woke up in the morning before yep. work, sort mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah, yep. I had too. to because people spoiled it so fast. Yeah, so fast. Yeah, that that was I my biggest fear. I actually am totally cool with the release the way they did it. I, yeah. It does kind of seem odd that they're dropping it at like three a.m. or whatever. But at the same time, it's like I wake up in the morning and it's like Christmas. Like the first (laughs) thing you do, you can wake up at a specific time and just know that when this episode's over, then you can start getting ready for work or whatever. But you wake up, you turn it on. There's no chance for spoilers. You know, I'll I'll never forget the when the first chapter came out. I had that feeling. I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to watch brand new live action Star Wars. Like this is insane. And I stayed up pretty late the night before when everyone was like, oh, my Disney Plus launched. And other people were like, mine didn't yet. And, and so on and so forth. And I guess ours East Coast was like 1 a.m. But I had already mm-hmm. gone to bed by that time. So I got up at like, you know, 5 or 6 a.m. and started watching it. And I just remember just being like, wow, this is crazy that this is happening. Um, and I didn't feel that way after each of the other episodes. But I, I will remember that moment that I first watched a first live action Star Wars TV show. That'll be burned in my brain. Um and it's kind of like when our parents say the first time they saw the original Star Wars or whatever, that's going to be ours, like telling <laughs> our kids, I saw the first Disney Plus Star Wars show. But anyway, <laughs> um, we typically on the show, if you've seen, we do the Pedro Pascal rating uh, in Pedro faces because up until episode or chapter 18 reveals face at all. But uh, since we've rated all the episodes already, we did all that. Uh, the three of us are just going to go around and say what our favorite chapter was from uh, season one. Um, so I'll, I'll just come out and say mine was chapter seven. Um, the one where we really get Moff Gideon involved and, uh, the client comes back and grief Karga's there. IG 11, 
uh, Queel, aka Ugnolty, Cara Dune, and and Mando, everyone involved, and I think that's what really vaulted that episode for me. Again, Deborah Chow, uh, the best director of this season, in my opinion. And uh, I love when Star Wars gets like the crew together, and they kind of got that finally going in this one. Uh, so that's my pick, uh, James. What was your favorite chapter? Um, possibly an odd choice, um, because I picked uh, episode six, and one of the reasons that I actually liked this episode is while I liked the story as a whole, it's hard to pick from you know all those different episodes. Six is f- almost completely irrelevant to the story. Like, mm. nothing in chapter six specifically happens that has anything, any relevance to, like, the bigger thing because he kind of goes to a place and then he leaves with nothing. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But that's what I kind of liked about it. It's totally its own live-action story, and there's, like, horror elements and adventure and heist elements, and um, you get, like, X-Wings, and, like, it just... There there was a lot in there that I thought was just really cool and what I'd like to see in Star Wars. Um, so I I picked that one out of the bunch nice yeah and those three could come back to bite him later for sure but for now you're right in a vacuum it stands on its own um Mm -hmm. all right Lacey, what what about you which chapter for you i picked chapter three i i don't think i had the reaction and excitement that i had with any other episode that i did with chapter three the things that stood out to me were three and then one but i liked three better um so three because it's just super fun. You think he's going to leave tiny baby Yoda and he doesn't. He goes back, saves the day, and then all the Mandalorians show up. It's like that mm. end of Rise of Skywalker Avengers portal type thing where you're like, the right. good guys are here. Yeah. Um, I just really enjoyed that. I think that was an episode that I watched two or three times. Like, I just really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. And Deborah Chow was amazing. So yeah, that was a that was a good one. Um, seeing all the Mandos just kind of fly in, getting those Iron Man vibes. Yeah, um, yeah. Highest action of the series to that point, without a doubt, too. Right. Especially right. coming off the heels of a pretty slow moving um, episode or chapter Asuga. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Aside from, of course, fighting the monster there, but um, it's almost right, so- unfortunate that episode wasn't episode four, just so it could be like a mid season finale. Like a halfway oh. point, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Half. Um, yeah, that's fair. All right, so that's cool that we each had um, a different pick. Uh, I like that, and all for different reasons. Um, shows the versatility of the show. Now, uh, Lacey, we kind of pitched it to our patrons to tell us what their favorite chapter was. Was there an overwhelming victor, or was it too mixed to decide? What did you see coming out of the patron that's in the message? So they all said only four of the chapters were chosen. So like wow, only okay. four of the eight. Uh, the I overwhelming so. pick was eight, Redemption. The chapter last eight, episode. the final. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Followed by chapter seven, chapter three, chapter four had one vote, and then everything else was nothing. Mm-hmm. What's four was the village? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sanctuary. Yep. Interesting. I didn't think anyone was going to pick chapter five. Um, I feel like yeah. that was the weak one for the ser- season for most people. I thought three would have been higher than seven, but yeah, I mean, know. not for me. But I, I three's right there either. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but fine, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I, to me, I was like, I really like. I had a couple weird things with with eight, but I understood why people liked it so much. 
My right. thing was I loved six, I loved seven, and I was really excited for eight, and I was kind of let down a little bit. But oh, that's right, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I well, was like, dude, eight's gonna be a beggar. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there you go. You set yourself up for those expectations, and then. Maybe. Yeah, like like people going like the last Jedi. Saber. Look, as the kids say, three slapped. It had just yeah. really slapped. I still have to find out mm-hmm. what that means. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe for season two of the Mando Fan Show, I'll know what slapped means. Um, but anyway, um, I want to thank everyone who did contribute on Twitter and the like with hashtag Mando Fando because uh, we read a bunch of your messages on the show. Uh, and for the last one here via Twitter. We're going to go to Damon Taylor at RubyConte86. And Damon said, uh, probably Chapter 8 as his favorite. Love the build up to it and seeing the whole gang together fighting off the Imperials plus the big twist, of course. I guess meaning the Darksaber plunging through mm-hmm. the cockpit of the TIE Fighter there. So thank you for that, Damon. And again, thank you everyone who sent in hashtag MandoFando. Now, if you're a patron of the Resistance broadcast, you get to lightspeed skip right to the front of the line like Poe Dameron in The Rise of Skywalker. And John Reese, a.k.a. General Beard, did just that. And he got in here with, again, not 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 uh, on par with you, James. Chapter 8 was my favorite, he says. Uh, well, none of us, really, none of us picked Chapter 8, but mm-hmm. he said, it gave us so much greatness. More background on Mando and Kara, plus their full names. Death Watch, the dang Darksaber, and Moff Gideon was a total badass. Plus my favorite joke of the season with Apollo Creed himself, Carl Weathers, and with, come on, use the magic hand, baby. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um <laughs> All right, so thank you uh, again to our patrons who uh, not only make this show possible, but also uh, contribute that way as well. And, of course, your ratings uh, throughout, the, throughout the series. We were able to pair yours up against ours and see where we kind of sat with that. So thank you to the TRB patrons for that. All right, guys, so let's just talk about the season uh, for a bit here. Um, our general thoughts, did it live up to expectations? Was it what we thought it was going to be? Obviously, the, the biggest thing coming out of this thing, well, two big things I'd like to talk about. Uh, the music, obviously way different than your typical Star Wars score. And we didn't really have a full taste of what it was going to be until we saw the show because teasers and trailers really never fully capture your scores. And then the runtime, I think, was the biggest disappointment out of the gate for a lot of people. Uh, So let's knock those two things out real quick. First, starting with the music. Uh, James, I'll start with you as a music guy. Uh, What what do you think uh, overall for this season with Ludwig Goranson's score? Uh, Digging it? Did you finally come around to everything? And and, uh, what's your overall vibe there? Um, yeah, I did. I did come around on it. It definitely is better than the trailers. And I remember everybody going on and on and on about the trailers. And I was like, it's not great, you know, but it is at least the same music. Like we got music from solo trailers that weren't the music in the real movie. You know, they kind of did that too. Mm -hmm. But, um, the thing that I think still is a little bit of a holdback for me, and I understand what he's doing, but I do wish at times there were some of those familiar Star Wars ticks. Um, I didn't like that about Rogue One, and now, like, as time went on, I think that Rogue One did it better than Solo. Um, oh, just, really? just enough of those familiar things that um, remind you in a song that you're still watching Star Wars. And this music to me feels different in a good way, but but sometimes too different. All right. 
Um, Lacey, you've been a fan of the music, as you clarified last week. I, I, yes. I for some reason, I thought you didn't like it at the beginning, but that was me, I guess, uh, standing alone mm-hmm. there. But um, your, your Stop take- projecting your feelings onto me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Star Wars is all about feelings, I thought. But anyway, uh, it's a feeling. It's and an apparently instinct. projections and projections. <laughs> so there you go. So Lacey, uh, what's your what's your take on Ludwig? How do you do? And um, do you like him just being in Mando? Would you like him to see somewhere go somewhere else with Star Wars, or just have him capture the sound of this one series? I'd be open for him to do other series. I always get kind of these questions are kind of tricky because <laughs> I don't know what he's capable of i only know him from this and black panther and Mm -hmm. i love both of them so obviously i'm going to say yes but i don't have the musical expertise to be like well he didn't use this chord and he didn't use it just sounded cool to me from like Mm -hmm. the beginning to the end and i felt like i said this i forget what episode it was but there was one episode where you started to see a progression of it went from like kind of these tribal sounds and like tech dirty gritty sounds to like an actual hero's theme to the end of the show where he had a full-blown theme and then like little baby yoda had his own theme and Mm -hmm. everything and it just it felt like the music was building as the season was building which was super cool um but yeah i'm totally on board i thought it was great and i'm singing the mandalorian song like all the time it'll just pop in my head that's funny you say that because I I do too. Uh, like especially the title credits it, yeah. uh, and that one episode, I think episode or chapter six or seven, where it kind of had that groove to it. Yeah. Um, but I still do think it sounds a little bit like Rocky music. But you know, when what are you gonna do about that? But I talked to some coworkers and they were like, "The music is stuck in my head." I'm like, "Yeah, that's become a recurring theme theme with a lot of people." Because I remember Clayton Sandell saying that too when he was on here. I think Elliot said something similar, and he's doing like remixes for it, right? I don't know if we're yeah, they're so yeah. good. Wait till celebration, guys. Yeah. They're so okay. good. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> sure if we we're allowed to say that or not, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so the music's great. Uh, but on the flip side, for a disappointment, because I want to tackle both good and bad, uh, the run times, I think we were all kind of caught off guard when we popped on chapter one and we saw like 33 minutes or something. That wasn't um, even I, that bad. It was the 23 minute one. The second which, one or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were all a bit caught off guard with that. So, Lacey, um, did you get over it? Do you still feel like the episode should have been longer overall? Or what's your take now looking back that each episode kind of had their own runtime? Do you feel like it should have been a bit more? What's your uh, What's your take? Go ahead. I hated that. I think it should all be standard, the same runtime. Like, I, I've been trained since an early age that TV shows have specific times. <laughs> so, like, when something's off schedule, me as a human being, I'm like, what is happening? So, like... I really wanted them to be an hour. I thought based on kind of the rumors surrounding the show and the budgets and everything that we were going to get an hour long episode. And we were all going into this being like, we're getting eight hours of Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, we're not. We didn't. (laughs) Um, And I just felt like some of the episodes like episode two, which I understand it was short. If it was super long, it would have been, oh my gosh, that episode would have been torture. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I say that lightly it's still star wars but like you know what i mean like how long can he really walk across this terrain looking for a hairy egg right how many jawas can he yeah yeah it, it just i i wish they were an hour long and that's me being a greedy star wars fan that just wants i always want more <laughs> and you know what that's fair because i think a lot of people really did feel that way and shame yeah. on us for just um taking the assumptions based on 
Casual reports about run times and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even that. It was casual reports on like the budget spent, which was similar to Game of Thrones. So we all did that fair assumption that, oh, they were going to be an hour. Yeah. yeah. Taking away the comparison too, it's just common sense. Right. Like it, right, it right. felt like, oh, I know what this is. This is, you know, a Netflix show or this is an Amazon Prime television show. It's different from what's on uh, broadcast television. Uh, and I, I already know what this is going to be. And then it just kind of right. wasn't that it's like somewhere in between. And we're like, that's unprecedented. So it's right. unexpected. It's not really like we jump to a conclusion. It's like we jump to a very logical conclusion logical. that everybody <laughs> jumped to and no one would question it. And it just subverted the expectation. It was not that. So at all. James, let me ask you then looking at it now and kind of how each episode almost has its own vibe. Do you feel that it served it better being that it wasn't one continuous narrative and some were their own individual episodes, like you said, with chapter six, where it made the runtimes being different a little more acceptable? Yes. Um, I'm actually really glad with the way that it ended up, Um, partially because if like Lacey, what you were saying, like if chapter two would have needed to meet the standard of even let's say for the Mandalorian, the standard is. 38 minutes right then even that episode would have felt drawn out um they would have had to uh stretch things out and i and a lot of people say well good well now things have time to breathe but i never felt like the mandalorian was moving too quickly and i never felt like it was dragging like get to the point like the um so i i actually feel like at the end of the day the episode lengths were cut to what each chapter needed to be and what felt right. They took the restraints off of like, oh, a movie's supposed to be between this and this, you know, or an episode is supposed to be this and this. They just said, let's just make these chapters however long they need to be and what feels right. And uh, I also like to, you guys know me, I don't like rewatching television. I'll Mm rewatch movies all day, but I hate rewatching television because there's so much of it. And now we're looking at four hours to get through the first chapter instead of eight hours to get through the first chapter. And at the end of the day, I don't know that those extra four hours throughout the series would have made it that much better. You know, Mm. I'd rather watch season one and two than just season one in an eight hour span. Right. I wonder if they're going to do interviews with the editors of the show. Um, I'm just looking at the names now. Jeff. Uh, Cybernick, Andrew Eisen, and Dana Glaberman. Whether, because uh, I, I just wrote an article about the editor for The Rise of Skywalker talking about cuts they made, and there's this big chatter about the cuts and all the silliness about it could have been three hours. And even the novel, uh, the novel writer, um, Ray Carson, said that Rise of Skywalker could have been three hours with all the stuff that they had involved. I wonder if they're going to touch on that with um, The Mandalorian and say, like, yeah, originally we were thinking 42 minutes every episode, and then but it didn't work out that way, or Favreau maybe said, I want to keep things concise and do certain things here and there. Uh, so they may have some extra features that they throw up on Disney Plus. Like now that the season's over, bang, here's a little documentary. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but we'll see what, what what it looks like with season two, which is already, I believe, halfway through filming. Um, but obviously, before we jump to that, uh, we got to talk about uh, the tiny man. We're talking about Mando in a little bit. But tiny man, the guy who stole the show, Baby Yoda. Guys, do you remember the first reveal 
uh, when you first watched it, and what was your immediate reaction uh, seeing it? I'll start with you on this one, James. Um. Oh shoot. <laughs> oh shoot because he shot ig11 like no, literally no, no, no. oh shoot oh okay i think just like uh, you see the ears and you're like your brain is putting two and two together and before it can like fully completely form that thought they flip the camera around and you're like what am i looking at is you see the really little hand pull the blanket down yeah. yeah yeah um yeah i think they did a, a really good job especially with the reveal I have a little bit of complaints with the the Baby Yoda thing. That doesn't feel like it goes anywhere. It's just kind of like there for the Mandalorian to move forward um, mm-hmm. sometimes. But um, but yeah, I, I think I I like what they were going for and what they're they're doing in the show. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. mean, you can't complain when it's this big of a hit. You know? Oh yeah, like we said. Um... We just—I don't think it's—it's it's not out yet. But on one of our podcast episodes coming out next week, we kind of said that he's transcended Star Wars at this point, where he's showing up in I mean, sporting events and you know yeah, all this other even, craziness. Even you look at something like Return of the Jedi. To this day, people are still like, "Ah, oh, they kind of lost me at the teddy bears," you know. But it's like, I yeah, I'm not yeah. hearing a lot of that from the Baby Yoda thing. You know what I mean? They're like, no. "Oh, Baby Yoda, get out of here! The show's stupid." You know, <laughs> like quit trying to make baby toys and sell sell to kids and stuff you know what i mean yeah i don't think he has that vibe so yeah i think it's a good move yeah i don't either um so lacy uh do you remember your first reaction seeing it and also what's your overall take on baby yoda as a character what do you think his purpose is what do you think about maybe even going forward with him Uh, your general thoughts that's a lot of questions okay one (laughs) i screamed I yelled out loud. I remember yelling out loud because it was really early and I felt really bad after I did it because Matt was sleeping. Mm. <laughs> I went, oh my God, and I yelled. Uh, I also got really angry because there's a split second where it looks like Mando's going to actually, it's going to get murdered. And I was like. Which episode? The, yeah. the first one. The first one where <laughs> no, like, I you, know, there's but it a split like second where you think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying like the initial one. Mm-hmm. Um I was like, I'm going to burn Lucasfilm to the ground. <laughs> I was like, so worried how dark this was going to get. Mm-hmm. I did know it was a baby, though, because mm-hmm. when he walks in and you see that thing, I was like, oh, that looks like a cradle. And then right. they open it. And I'm like, oh, it's a baby. Um, what was the second question? What do I think about the character? Yeah. The character is a big deal. I mean, everybody knows about this character. I made jokes in a wedding speech about Star Wars and someone yelled baby Yoda from across the room that doesn't like Star Wars. So. Right. Yeah, had nothing to do with the rise of Skywalker, which is the joke that I was making. Mm-hmm. And someone was just like, baby Yoda. And I was like, no, not that. But OK. <laughs> um, no, it's everywhere. Everyone knows about it. Every brand like is using baby Yoda. dabbing AirPods, baby Yoda. It's like right here now. It's just everywhere. Like, <laughs> like everybody. And it's always funny when that kind of stuff happens in pop culture where you find people that wouldn't normally like what it is, whether it's Marvel or whatever. And then they're like, oh, yeah, here's a meme of baby Yoda. And I'm like, you don't even what? But yeah. like, it's just that's what's happened. Um, sure. So going forward. Going forward. First of all, I need a name for this thing. And Gina Carano says she knows about it. She made this like s- like snarky, like, haha, I know it type mm-hmm. post. Adorable, not mean, but I need a name. And then I need to know where we're going with it. Because I can't, 
it can't keep doing cute things nonstop. And like, I need a purpose for it. Right. Yeah. Which I'm sure other people are like, oh, it could just smile all day and then it'll be fine. And I'm like, I need something else. Like, it's done the cute thing. I've loved every second. Mm -hmm. I need it to do something. That's right. And he human. He, sorry, he humanized uh, the Mandalorian in a way, which I think was his biggest purpose. Sure, of course. And to get him to be a good guy from right. like the ruthless mm -hmm. guy that you meet in the first episode, yeah. which totally makes sense. But going into season two, like I need something more than just like, hey, buddy, like tilt head. Yeah. And it makes you think yeah. if you're going to get the name, he's going to tell you what his name is. How else are they going to find out what his name is, in my opinion? So he's going to I think he's going to talk in season two. That's my yeah. guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They could take him back to his home and they could say, you brought back Tiny. <laughs> Imagine it's actually Tiny. I don't think they're getting rid no, of him because no, Disney's seeing. Uh, no, I don't Renee. think they're getting. No. I'm just saying I, I don't think it, it's exclusively that he has to say his own name like a Pokemon. No, no, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, I just think I he's going to start talking. I think he's talking, though, yeah. Yeah, because then next Christmas, it. it'll be the talking version of the toy will come out, mm -hmm, and it'll mm -hmm. have, like, little phrases and that sort of thing. Now that the cat's out of the bag, they can really push marketing for the toys next Christmas season. Right. Um, no, but I thought the character was great. Um, uh, like I said, I I feel its importance is kind of like the whole John Wayne goes into the town, and he's gruff and rough, and then that thing kind of makes him care about stuff. And humanizes right. him. And especially because he didn't take the mask off, you need to humanize that character with external things uh, as opposed to being able to show emotion on his face and that sort of thing. Which kind of brings me to, to my next point that I think Kat's pretty much out of the bag at this point that Pedro Pascal really was not the Mandalorian. He, he no. was, for the most part, it was a James Earl Jones situation where he just voiced the character. And I just kind of want to talk about stepping away from the story itself because there's a lot of people who would comment to him and tweet to Pedro Pascal saying stuff like, man, what you did in that episode was so great and how you moved your head around and stuff. And he probably has to just be like, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Wasn't me. Um, but I think I had this feeling that in, in season two, we may see him with his mask off more now that they've kind of revealed him in a way. Um, I don't know. I think he so. He kind of made it clear that he was like, I'm not taking my helmet off for any living thing. Yeah, but he may. What if he has those Vader moments, like Vader in his chamber kind of thing? And the man, we get more like isolated moments with him. I'm, maybe he did yeah. take it off in Sanctuary. So, yeah, that's that's a good point, John, is we might get a lot of scenes as of as the uh, viewer or the observer. But like, it's not that he's necessarily revealing it to people to anybody else. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, I think right. that'd be interesting because. Um, I don't know if I heard this officially, but I heard that he may be more involved um, from a physical standpoint with season two, whereas season one, I think the rumor was there was a contract dispute where he was getting paid as a voice actor almost and not a physical actor. And he was arguing with them over that sort of that sort of thing. But that, John that could Wayne's be... grandson is like the whole season. He's like it's him. And then there's another guy who does like half of the legwork as well. Yeah. Right. Um, so I find that all to be very interesting. But how about the Mando as a character himself? Um, uh, who wants to go first on that? I mean, I, I, I love the character immediately first scene when he goes into the bar and no nonsense, just wrecks house. Uh, so I, I don't care who wants to kick off there because I don't know Lacey. who I went first last time. Go yeah. I, I liked him. He's, you know, he's kind of the Han Solo character, the 
kind of jaded, gruff guy that has a heart of gold underneath all the tough exterior, which we knew from the, the first episode. We we're like, oh, this guy's not that bad. And then as the episodes go on, we realize he's not bad at all. And then he's had just a tough life. They always have a bad life where like parents die, like typical mm-hmm. Disney. Yeah. Um, I I loved the character. I thought he was great. I liked how he built his armor over time. I thought he was really slick and I loved all the action scenes. Um, yeah, he was a great character. Yeah. Um, I think there's something about... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Mandalorian fan. Uh, I never liked, and I know he's not a Mandalorian, but never was a Boba Fett fan. I kind of didn't get on. Neither was I. Yeah, we talked about this going into this show. And I think like, like, what? (laughs) Right. And I think a a lot of people will admit they got on board with Boba Fett and and that sort of thing because he had cool armor and he was mysterious and he was kind of like, I'll do what I want sort of deal. And that never really sold to me. And I think they, they grew the culture of Mandalore off of the coolness of the armor, if they're going to be honest. And then they made it a more deep rooted story type of thing but i see him as in a vacuum as a character and even though we i wanted to see more of pedro pascal with his mask off because i do feel he is a charismatic actor and i'm excited to see what he does in like the new wonder woman movie and that sort of thing i liked him in his short bits on game of thrones i still think his voice acting did a good job in this show enough to sell me on who he was as a character in addition to what the in addition to what the stunt men did with their head movements and that sort of thing um so I was sold pretty early on the character, which was good for me. And it wasn't because of Baby Yoda and that sort of thing. I believed it when he walked into that bar and slammed the guy's face on the bar and did the thing and sliced the guy with the door. That I moment bring you sold in warm or cold. That yeah, was like the line with his hand on the trigger, like Clint Eastwood right out of the gate. So I was down with that. Uh, James, how about you? I know you like uh, the first chapter, correct? So uh, were you sold immediately with this guy? Were you kind of like making comparisons to other Mandalorian characters you may know from Clone Wars and that sort of thing? Or did you just, did you approach him with a clean slate? I guess is uh, what I want to ask you. Ooh, um, I I would say yes, I was comparing him to other Mandalorian characters. Um, But I think in that sense, there was no surprise. Like I kind of came in and I was like, I think they're selling him as this. <clears throat> and that's exactly what he's going to be. Um, now, granted, we did have some, you know, with the baby Yoda and he kind of has like a change of heart and stuff. But even that, you kind of you kind of know that that's inherently Mandalorian. Also, you know, episode three kind of reveals that they're like, wait, you want to blow everything for for this? And he's like, yes, that's what we do. And then they're all like, all right, this is what we do. So right. it. All of that is kind of that he's not really like breaking the Mandalorian um, vibe at all mm-hmm. in the show, um, which is good. Um, I, and I think that's what they really want to showcase uh, for the first time. They have said, hey, you guys have seen Boba Fett. You guys have seen kind of what these guys can be about. We're right. going to really present in the best way possible a character that represents what we think of when we the people who deep dive into mandalorian culture think of mandalorians we're presenting that to you and it's embodied in this character and it's like yeah that's exactly right i think that's a good point and i think this type of show could vault people into wanting to look into other 
content that maybe showcases Mandalorians like Rebels uh, with Sabine or the Clone Wars mm-hmm. or comics or, you know, what have you. Um, I think it could be a, a weird retrospective launching pad in that way. Um, I do find, and I guess we could talk more about this uh, as when season two kicks off or even on TRB, the whole this is the way thing being almost like a more new way of them handling business because of the purge or whatever happened to the population of Mandalorians in the galaxy. Kind of like mm-hmm, we need to do yeah. this new code to kind of protect ourselves um, in smaller factions sort of way. So that's interesting to me as well. But I do want to jump to uh, kind of our supporting characters here and just I'm going to toss their names out there. Grief Karga, Cara Dune, IG-11, uh, the client, Werner Herzog, who I absolutely loved, uh, Queel, Moff Gideon, our villain, Fennec Shand, down the list. Um, James, uh, fire off a, a couple of them that you really loved in this uh, season one that maybe you hope to see more of or, or were highlights of the season for you since we can't spend a lot of time on each one. Uh, I did like IG-88. Um, obviously, I like Junior Eleven. Carano. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm all mixed up. I said IG-88, and then I said like the actress name. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Cara Dune. I like IG-11. Um, I think w- one of the, the, the standout characters for me, and, and hopefully going forward, you will, going forward will be Moff Gideon. Um, I think that that character has like a lot of potential. Could be really, really cool. And the only downside, I think, to Moff Gideon in, in chapter, or not chapter one, but um, uh, season one, was I think it would have been really cool to hear that name and to understand his importance in, like, the first two episodes, you know, in those initial talks with the client. That's fair. Like, That's fair. Like, yeah, we need you to go on this mission, but believe me, don't mess it up because Moff Gideon will find you. And I understand that would have thrown off... Mandalorian because he knows who he is and other things like that but I think having that name out there as like this overarching like guy who's watching the whole thing and then you finally get to see him in the last chapter would have been really like bookending the chapter or the yeah. s- season but that's a that's a solid but I point. like him I, I agree with you on that um Lacey obviously we all know about your love affair for Cara Dune and all things Gina Carano. Um, so I know, I'm know i sure you're going to talk about her, but um, others as well? No, just Gina. <laughs> Cara Dune. <laughs> no, IG-11 was great. You know, the him coming to save the day in the last episode was cool. I just love Cara. I thought she was awesome. And, uh, like, she was funny and smart and tough and uh, snarky, which I love. Um, she wasn't like afraid or uh, like hesitant to tell Mando how it is, which is how Mm -hmm. I am. So I really loved that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also in the last episodes, you see like kind of a vulnerable side where she panics. She genuinely is like, I don't have a plan. What do we do now? Um, And then you learn, obviously she's from Alderaan, which is a big connection with Leia and the planet getting blown up. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, she was great. And I loved that they used her physicality in the show. Like they let her be a fighter and oh, carry yeah. the Mando multiple yeah, times. And like right. all that stuff. She was just so badass. It was just, she was the best. Yeah, I agree with both your takes on these characters. Uh, first with Gina Carano, I like that we were able to let her do a little bit of an homage to her first profession and actually have an MMA fight literally in Star Wars. I thought that was pretty cool. 
Uh, mm-hmm. f- first tap out in Star Wars history. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, Moff Gideon, James, I agree. Like, you know me. I- I've been saying outside of our two bigs, uh, Star Wars has a bit of a villain problem. I think this guy, if they don't kill him off, and I'm glad they didn't <laughs> in, se- in season one, which seems to be a new Star Wars thing where they introduce a villain and they just kind of knock them right off. Just kidding. He's yeah, dead. right. <laughs> but I am I like this guy. And I, I was a, a Breaking Bad viewer, but I like Moff Gideon. I think he is, has conviction. He You believe what he says. And it's not the no nonsense like, I'm going to trap you in this thing. And when the time runs out, the water's going to fill up. He's like, I am going to kill you in 30 minutes. And I'm going to watch you. And I'm going to yeah. watch it happen. Yeah. Like, I I believe this villain already. And I'm just excited to see where we go. Because like you say, we didn't get to see him early on. We just kind of got the touch of him there at the end. So I'm very excited going to season two. Maybe the most excited for that character, uh, without a doubt. Um, go ahead. You, you I was what? just going to say, I, I just really like that in no s- circumstance were you ever under the impression that he was bluffing. Right. Like right. everything, <laughs> he just had complete control of the situation. He's like, yep. you are this person, you're this person, this person. You don't believe me? I know this about you, I know this about you, and I know this about you. There's no one else in the room. It's you three. You know, I mean, he just right. like completely owned everything. And it really does set in exactly what you were saying, Lacey, a panic in someone as they strong were all as afraid. Cara June. Yeah. Yes. Like, she's like, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. And like, even grief Cargas, like he's the leader of the bounty hunters guild. And he's like, it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's done. kind of the first no time escaping. with the exception of like the Darth Vader hallway scene, which is like one of the best scenes ever, uh, that we see a villain that has people that are genuinely scared. Like, cause I feel like, you know, Kylo Ren, Ray and Finn, Finn was like, well, I'm doing it and like owned it. Ray owned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you see these characters be like, oh crap, like yeah. we're in trouble. And he was, and I one- like being afraid of a bad guy. Yes. I, I completely <laughs> like, agree. I want him to be bad. I was, I was sold on him from the get go. And I love the fact that they let him be the one to reveal Din Djarin's name. I thought that was a pretty cool yeah. twist instead of him having a dramatic moment where he's like, Tell everyone my name's Din Jared, you know, <laughs> yeah, or something stupid like that. Yeah, but um, no, I dug that, and um, also Queel I liked a lot too. I know, voiced by Nick Nolte and played uh, by, yeah. played by a woman, I think physically. Yes, it um, was a woman. Yep. Uh, but I, and I'm very upset that the character died because I kind of started falling in love with the character and how he was kind of like, I'll be there for you and that sort of thing. Um, almost the like mask a, was a mixture of puppeteering, animatronics, and CG. Yeah, it's just insanity. Yeah, yeah like um, makeup. Yeah, but uh, grief cargo. You know, I, I poked a little fun at Carla, uh, Carl Weathers for his delivery in some of the Star Wars lingo, which isn't foreign to Star Wars with actors. But I thought overall the cast was great, even the cameos and stuff like that. Some of them were a li- like uh, J- Josh Cannavale, whatever his name is, stunk in Chapter Five. Uh, not Bill a Burr fan was the best. of that guy. Bill Burr was good, um, but overall I think they was well casted. Best cameo. And, and what do you think? Job. Bill Burr. <sighs> Bill Burr, you think? He, so I went into it being like, oh my God, he's going to be bad. And everyone's going to be like, Lacey, why were you so excited? And he was great. Best cameo. That's tough. I did. I did like Bill Burr. 
I mean, Bill Burr is good. I knew that he was going to be, it's almost like not a cameo because he's like a character, but he's only he's in the one himself, episode. Yeah. I understand. So I'll, I'll count that. I think the best surprise for me was the uh, Jason Sudeikis. And the I was going to say Troopers. that. I was so gonna say that. Funny, I yeah. like. I'm watching yeah. this whole scene, and I'm like, them. "How long is this?" It's right. like the, this is the season finale, and I'm like sitting there for three minutes, and these guys are just sitting on a bike, like, uh, <sighs> and I'm like, it's "I'm so eating up every bit of this, though." Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Sudeikis might be mine. Bill Burr as well. Um, I also like Brian Ponson. Uh, I I like his comedy, so oh, it's cool yeah. seeing him just be like <laughs> that cab driver for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, he reminds me of a friend of mine too, so I, I like that. Oh yeah. But um, all right. So any, anything else uh on uh season one you want to touch on uh before we um move forward here because I do have to get to the Mando code, which I know people are waiting for. I don't know. It's hard to like think of something because we just talked about like every single aspect. Yeah. I didn't know if there were any other like single things that were on your mind you wanted to make sure oh, you touched yes. on. Or, yeah. Yes. Okay. I have some questions mm-hmm. after season one. Mm-hmm. Who was the person that walked up to Fennec Shand? Okay. So you just blew it because I was going to save that for the very end. Wow. Oh. Well, then don't ask what okay. questions Boom. I have. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can do it right now if you want. Do you guys have guesses on who you think it is? I know we kind of touched on that on recent episodes and also on TRB. Um, People think it's Boba Fett, right? That's what or, people think. Or Bo-Katan. Or Bo-Katan. Also, Moff Gideon is still... Because he has a cape, e- yeah. Even if it's been debunked by some people, other people are going, I'm 100% sold. That's who that was supposed to be. That's who I thought it's it was. It's either Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Bo-Peep, Bo-Jackson, mm-hmm. or... <laughs> Bo-Jangles. Bo-Jangles Chicken. was the other one. Yeah. Right. Um... <laughs> Uh, the other thing too is like, don't consider that it it has to be someone we know, you know. James, like, it has that, to be someone we know. That's I, I think that's some an intelligent that, that way to look at. That doesn't sell as well Star when Wars. we come off the heels of Ray Palpatine, though. I that's what I'm saying. I don't know why you were doing that. It was a little over the top. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm, I'm just about. saying the the argument. Oh, okay. The argument loses a little weight now that we have Ray Palpatine in the mix. But I I hear you. Um, yeah, I just think it, it's it's so good sometimes to like, like if you're so fixed on the fact that it's Boba Fett, the only way you really win is if it's Boba Fett, and that's a mm-hmm. long shot. If you just assume it's a new character, then when they introduce the new character, you go, okay, cool, we finally get to see him, and you're happy with what yeah. they do. And if it ends up being Boba Fett, it's super bonus, because you how about, uh, assumed it wasn't. How about, how, about, how about the guy who took his armor? What's his name? Took Boba Fett's oh, armor. Cobb Vanth. Yeah, Cobb Vanth. Yeah, that's a, so mean, a lot of people think that too because of the sound effects and the the spurs and and the whole deal. Um, and it absolutely a hundred percent lines up with the timeline. Like if yeah. it is Cobb Vanth and they just introduce him as a new character, but people will be able to be like, no, we 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 know how we got the spurs, you know, how we got that sound. Or they sell it as Cobb Vanth the, and then it turns out it's Boba Fett and they reveal that later. Uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, the last thing I want to touch on is obviously that it was revealed, the which I have to admit I was wrong on, 
uh, Favreau and company did speak and, and connect with Abrams and company about having the tie-in about the Force healing abilities uh, but from uh, the Mandalorian with Baby Yoda and Rey. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting that they um, yeah. did indeed have discussions. I was completely wrong on that, uh, but I like that I was wrong. So it's cool. All right. That pretty much covers the discussion on season one, I think. Um, I'm going to move on to the Mando Code. And I know people are waiting on this one here. So by now you guys know the Mando Code, each week I revealed one number between our episodes three through eight uh, for a total of six numbers, um, which we called the Mando Code to win the bounty, which was a Black Series Boba Fett premium electronic helmet. It's uh, not being released until March, but obviously we're going to pick a winner and let you know that it's coming your way just in time for springtime. Walk around and as, as everything's blooming with your little Boba Fett helmet mm. on. Um, <laughs> now, many of you did follow the code and you submitted your guesses, and I am happy to say that a good bunch of you knew what it was, and you got it right. A lot of you got it way wrong, and you're just like, Eight 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 one one seven, <laughs> but the the code number was eleven seventeen seventy eight, so one 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 seven seven eight, and that stood for November seventeenth nineteen seventy eight, which was the premiere date of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Now, why is that important? Because it was the debut of Boba Fett via an animated short on the Holiday Special. Therefore, you have the Boba Fett electronic helmet. I know a lot of you out there are like ah. Son of a gun! But <laughs> we have a winner. She was quick on the trigger, got the code into us, and the winner is Haley Meyer, hey. aka Shapely, Shapely Buns underscore Buns on Twitter. So Haley, you are the winner of the bounty. Way to be the best bounty hunter on the mando fan show uh you she was so fast i want to make that clear like she was way ahead of anybody yeah. else yep um and she wins the boba fett premium electronic helmet so Haley, we'll get in touch with you we'll get uh that all set up so that it's good to be delivered to you as soon as it's available uh publicly but i want to thank everyone who participated in that we'll get something cooked up we'll get another mando code going mm -hmm. for season mm -hmm. two and um because it seems like a lot of people had a lot of people had fun with that sort of thing so thank you to everyone who kept the code and tried to descramble it and decode it and thankfully uh people knew <laughs> what it was because otherwise that would have been a complete disaster so uh thank you all for that all right guys uh, real quick, let's do some you know brief speculation of where maybe we want season two to go or what we think might happen in season two based on things that have been left open or set up. Uh, so any thoughts on that? Uh, James, you seem to be a big Moff Gideon guy. What's going on with him and that Darksaber? Uh, any thoughts there? Um, yeah, I mean, like that is that's that's the thought, you know, the the story could go in different directions. I know I talked about the morning guard being like, you know, I thought maybe like a gladiator type situation, whatever. All that stuff is just it, it doesn't matter. I'm looking at the main like, where are they going with this? They still got to talk more about like the history of of where's Yoda's coming from. They still got to talk about um, exploring uh, the the Jedi you know what I mean? It almost seems like he's getting ready to head into a place where there might be Jedi. Um, mm. And the Darksaber is so rooted in Mandalorian culture. Sure. I think that I have been pretty open with, with people when, okay, like 
people who don't know Star Wars are like, hey, I got Disney Plus. I thought I'd give The Mandalorian a try. I don't really know Star Wars. Am I going to be able to understand it? And I'd be like, yeah, I think they'll they'll lead you, walk you through it pretty well. I still have a lot of those people trying really hard to prove to me that you have to know Star Wars to watch this show. And I go, I don't really think you do. Like, I think they're handing you things you don't need to know about The Mandalorian. They're telling you what you need to know about The Mandalorian. You don't need sure. to know all this other stuff. The only thing that I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense, is him having that saber. It means almost nothing other than surface value of, like, that looks like some sort of weird lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But seeing it and knowing what it is and what it represents... You only know that if you've watched these other things or read these other comics, That's you know, fair. read these other books. That's fair. So to me, it's almost like if you're not as rooted in Star Wars as we are, I'm not sure that that reveal hit as hard, but it's important that they put it in there just like how they put Darth Maul in Solo. Like, we get it. It That's might be a, a little point. confusing. It might not have landed exactly right, but just trust us. It makes perfect sense. It's going to lead to great stories, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like better. We had to do it for the for the bigger picture, and yeah. uh, I'm really excited about where it could go and what that means because technically, like I said before, that dude rules Mandalore right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that should, that should bode loom large uh for season two um i'm very curious to see like i said moff gideon is my most uh anticipated aspect for a character heading into season two without a doubt uh lacy where is season two going or what what do you want to happen in season two of the mandalorian now that you've taken in the first season um well i kind of touched on this a little bit i guess i want baby yoda to have a purpose and not just be there Mm-hmm. Um, I want Mando to keep doing jobs because I liked that aspect mm-hmm. of like the weekly he was doing a different job every oh, okay. episode and it explained him having money for fuel and stuff which oftentimes in these shows you're like how are they affording doing all these things and then you realize like oh no he actually needs to do Star Wars jobs. is big on fuel <laughs> they really are <laughs> um I kind of liked what DJ Elliot had said a couple weeks ago, which was like, they're going to get Baby Yoda and then he's going to have to get him back. I think that could still happen in season two, that he has to go get him from somewhere or, you know, Moff Gideon's going to follow him wherever he goes. So I don't know where it's going to go. I'm excited. <laughs> I have no idea. Are you going to put it on the back burner for a while and then as fall approaches kind of dip back in or because i know we're going to probably have to touch about it a bit on trb now and again as we get tidbits of the production and that sort of thing like this person like do you think do you think like new big names are going to join the cast or anything like that or do you think he like favreau's going to establish this as the core like are we going to see in like you know june like drew barrymore joins the mandalorian and she's gonna play blah you know what do you think you're making a, you're asking me a lot of questions of someone that knows nothing about the production of this TV show. Yeah. Um I, I my would gut say that says they, they would have already announced it, right? Yeah, they would have already announced okay. it. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Okay. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, we just shot John down pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. He Sorry. You <laughs> both hit me from that side and that side. <laughs> yeah. Um all right guys, that's okay. 
That's fine. Um, overall, though, I I thought Mandalorian was very good. Maybe not as it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I'll say that much. I thought it was going to be more of a like one single narrative sort of thing. But Lacey, like you say, you like the the episodic. He had to do this, and then he went here and did that, and went over there and did that. Um, but overall, I think it was a good show. I think most fans liked it. It seemed. Did you guys get that impression online and that sort of thing? I didn't see many, too many detractors. Lacey, you see, you're always out out there. Did you see a big vibe of detractors <laughs> or anything like that? Always out there. What does that mean? On the on the <laughs> internet, you know exactly what I'm saying. You're not on the street corner with a sign like, "Did you like Mandalorian? Did <laughs> <laughs> you um, honk if you like the Mandalorian?" The- yeah. The person with the key, the clipboard at the grocery store being like, excuse me, sir, do you have a couple minutes to talk about the Mandalorian? Yeah. Or no, oh. honk if you liked Mando, you know, with the sign. Nah, dog. All right. No. Uh, yeah, I think people mostly liked it. I think people... I didn't see any negative. The only negative stuff is what we talked about, which was like time, like the duration of the episodes, and then like some of the episodes like... Uh, the Jawa episode, where was this going? You know, yeah. what was the point? People expected that because it was only eight episodes that they were going to get hard-hitting action like episode three and episode seven and eight and six, like the whole season. And they didn't get that. They did get a lot, uh, a couple episodes that were a little bit slower and more character development driven, um, which is surprising for a show that's only eight episodes. Like right. you expect that in a show like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which has like 24 episodes in a season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, because even on other shows like uh, Stranger Things, which is usually about 13 episodes, yeah, there are some slower episodes there, but those are an hour long. So it's just interesting. The pacing is just one of those things that I think people kind of had like a what's going on here, but not necessarily True. that they didn't like it. It was just weird. I didn't hear many negative things about this show, to be honest. And you know what? It makes you think, like, if if Kenobi's reportedly six episodes only. It makes you It better be our episodes. No, I'm just saying, you can't expect that. That's all I'm trying to tell you. It better... Deborah Chow, I swear. You, <laughs> like Lacey, she has the decision. You may only like get she the power. You because they did base it off of they reworked the original script for the movie, which you're figuring is probably two hours and ten minutes long. Th- Thirty minutes at six episodes would be three hours. So it's possible. That's all I'm gonna say. I need hour long you and McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Three hours might be enough. Like James said, maybe that's all they need to serve it's the not. story. But it's never enough. All right, <laughs> fine. Well, guess what? We'll 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 definitely know more about that series. Kenobi Shobi. When they said <laughs> Shobi one Kenobi. She wants that that we'll JJ get... cut that has the four hour debate of uh, the four hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boom. Uh, well, yeah. we'll talk about that when we do our Kenobi show, I guess. But um, James, do you have any final thoughts on season one of The Mandalorian before we get out of here? It's it's good, and in a in a big way, I think that despite the movies, Mandalorian is kind of pulling people back into like, hey, at least we got the Mandalorian, right? Like, love it, hate it. Didn't like the direction of the characters, all that stuff. It's like, but at least we got the Mandalorian. We can agree on that. So um, I think you're exactly right, John. Like, I don't think there has been a lot of negativity. I don't think there's been people like rolling their eyes going like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. What are they doing? Fire 
Kathleen Kennedy uh, stop production of Mandalorian, stupidest show ever. Like you're not <laughs> none of that. None yeah. of that. It's just not I mean, existent. So it has an eight point nine on IMDb, a ninety four with critics on on Rotten Tomatoes, and a ninety three with the audience. So across the board, the Mandalorian uh, is being praised and. John Favreau just puts another checkbox on his resume of things he's knocking out, <laughs> and he's already hard at work on season two. So we're looking forward to that this uh, this coming fall, especially with no Star Wars movie on the horizon. So that's going to be right now. That's the big fish for 2020. Um, all right, but that is it for the Mando fan show. That is, it. we could probably keep talking about season one. There's probably a lot of things we missed. I mean, Werner Herzog, we spent zero time on, but I absolutely love that character. Maybe um, we'll just dedicate a whole episode of TRB to Werner Herzog, just like his whole life or something. But um, we'll do like we're doing with the characters and fan. And yeah, we'll do a character discussion on just the client from from two episodes of The Mandalorian. There is no way there's enough to talk about a full episode of him. I just want to see the baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has been watching uh, and make sure you are subscribed to our uh, Star Wars Newsnet YouTube channel. Uh, also, the Resistance, uh, Resistance broadcasts on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and as I just mentioned, YouTube. I want to thank StarWarsNewsnet.com for all of Val's support. Uh, make sure you go in there, StarWarsNewsNet.com, every day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. When Star Wars content is not coming out, that's when stuff is being made. So that's when you want to definitely check out all your latest Star Wars news. I do want to thank our patrons of the Resistance Broadcast at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. You are the reason this Mando fan show exists. So we want to thank you so much for all of your support. And I want to do shout outs to our generals specifically. That is Carmelo, Brian Chalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese. J.G. Carr, Seth Kime, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you, Generals, so much for your support. Couldn't do this without you, quite literally. So that's pretty much it. Uh, James and Lacey, thanks for your support on this uh, behind the scenes and also showing up and doing the show. It takes uh, extra time out of our schedule in addition to what we do with TRB. So let uh, them know where they can find you guys, even though they probably do already. Uh, James, how about you? Um. To everybody on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Myra Trunks. And to my wife, you can find me not in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Lacey? (laughs) People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. Thanks for being Mando Fandos with us here on the Mando Fan Show. We'll see you this fall when we bring the show back for Season 2. Uh, as The Mandalorian will be kicking off uh, later this fall. And as always, you can find us on the Resistance broadcast every Monday and Thursday, like I said, on all those formats. And until then, as always, we'll see you around, kids. <laughs>